Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series, where we ask people from all walks of life to talk about their perception of the future and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. Mostly, it is presented as scary and a loss of opportunities. The Humanised Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Let's see what today's guest thinks. Today's guest is Dr. Tracy Stanley. Tracy has got a corporate and research background and she's a social scientist. She's got an interest in behaviour in organisation and she's had a lot of internal and external consulting roles over her time. So let's have a listen to what Tracy's got to say to us today. I'm Steve Barlow, and we are joined, as always, by Craig Saffin. How are you today, Craig? Great, thanks, Steve. It's a rainy, a rainy afternoon here in Sydney. Oh, lovely. Okay. And we've also got as our special guest today, Dr. Tracy Stanley. But uh, <laughs> welcome. And uh, would you. you like to sort of tell us a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your background? Okay. Um, so... Um, I have a, a corporate and a research background. I call myself a social scientist, um, reflecting my interest in behaviour in organisations. Um, through my career, I've had both um, internal and external consulting roles and um, have developed passions across innovation and creativity, organisational change and creating the conditions for engagement to flourish in organisations. How's that? Well, that's, 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 uh, that's quite a lot, to be honest, that behaviour in organisations, um, innovation and creativity, organisation change and, um, and uh, making change happen across an organisation, right, I think is what you said. So, so uh, that's a lot of different passions. Can you basket that up for us and tell us why those sorts of things really interest you? I've just always moved in the direction of my interests and passions and it was interesting when I... Um, I took a break from corporate life to study a PhD. I thought, what are the things I'm really, really interested in? And that's really important because the PhD is such a long journey and creativity, innovation and employee engagement um, were, were foremost, foremost in my mind. Um, so um, I just, yeah, I've just always things that I'm really interested in. And, and organisational change, I mean, I've lived inside large organisations which are huge and complex beasts and getting anything changed is rather curious. You know, we... So I've just been interested in how you make these particularly large organisations more effective, how you drive change. And um, it was interesting. I took on um, a change role while I was um, working in Europe. And when I came back to Australia, I was staggered, quite frankly, by how many change roles had evolved, had were popping up since I'd been away. And uh, that prompted me to do more research and to go out and talk to a whole lot of really clever people, much like you and Steve are doing today. Um, to find out what they were doing and what had been the drivers for having someone with a specific focus on the change management as opposed yeah. to the project management aspect. So it's uh, how, how fascinating. I mean, uh, it's an amazing time for organisational change, isn't it? So you must yeah. be finding a lot of uh, fresh material there for your passion, one of your passions. So. Oh, absolutely. And I've been speaking to some PhD researchers and saying, wow, this whole, the whole change in the workplace with so many people for the first time working from home and mm. what that means for your sense of attachment to your organisation, for your sense of identity, whether it's professional, whether it's to the organisation, how teams work how leaders lead, and it's 
brought to the forefront, things we took for granted. Um, so, yes, it's, it's very, very interesting times, very, very interesting times. Yeah. How, how, what sort of things do you think are coming down the pipeline as far as what we've learned in the last few years? Because uh, in the last two years, probably it's been one of the fastest learning periods that I've experienced, I think, with the pandemic and how people have adjusted and so on. What sort of things are you seeing that are coming down as a result of this uh, turbulent period? Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, I want to reflect on that question. Um, that's such a good one. Um, or just as I said, the, the nature of work and our expectations. Um, and in terms of change, this change was forced upon us. It was nearly like the next day for many organisations, staff have to work from home. Now, I know that some organisations, like I worked for Cisco, they'd already had remote working for a long time, so it wasn't such a shift. But what it means about how what is work that you give people, how you track it, how you motivate them, when you don't have that frequent visual face-to-face, -face, you know, incidental conversations both in meetings and in informal chats around the proverbial water cooler. So um, it's, it's caused a really rethink about how do we do this well? How do we make sure people are included? Um, yeah, there's all, all yeah, ton, tons and tons of implications. And people themselves are, what is it I really want from work? Right, I mean, right. Everyone's been reflecting. I mean, the press has been full of um, chatter about the great resignation, you know, this whole. Right, exactly right. This yeah. whole fear that everyone's going to, as soon as the doors are open, people who've been putting off travel are going to be leaving and people are going to be exiting because people have had time to reflect on what is it that personally engages me? Is it the nature of the work? So it's, quite a, it's quite existential, isn't it? So what, what you, you mentioned there a minute ago, what is work, right? So that's yeah. quite a, a, a very uh, interesting point to start on, isn't it? It's a big discussion then, isn't it? It is, absolutely. Absolutely. What is work? And it's the whole nature of our relationship. As I said, um, right. so many short-term contracts, so many freelancing, yes. which wasn't there when I, when I left Australia back in '98. And so that's a little bit frightening, but it also represents a huge opportunity as well because with people remote working, they can work anywhere. So yeah. they don't have to just look in their local area. They can be part of global teams. Yes. It does mean often working at unsociable hours, but there's, there's huge opportunities. And um, I think people are becoming more aware of that. Do you think the younger leaders and uh, younger people are adjusting to this sort of thing better uh, than, say, people who have been in the workforce a bit longer, or is that uh, sort of like a, a, an ageist comment? It's interesting. I have um, no data. This is based purely yeah. upon my own opinion. For the younger generation who kind of don't get that a lot of us grew up without the internet, it's right. kind of their yeah. normal. Right. So, yeah, I think it is perhaps a bigger shock, but I said that's just based upon my perception. I, I would not based upon hard data. And I'd, yeah. I'm going to have a look, actually. That's um, very, very interesting. So one, one of the things you mentioned is that one of your uh, four, four or five passions that you mentioned was innovation and creativity. And something that's come out of the interviews that Steve and I have been doing on this podcast series has been this rise of the importance of creativity. Uh, what are you finding in, uh, in as one of your passion areas, what are you finding about the rise of creativity in the organisation and the importance for it? Have you found anything interesting in that space? Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. And what I found is the same as what many other researchers have found. I mean, people constantly talk about how volatile our world is, our world is and, of mm. course, the whole COVID thing. So it's what's the VUCA, vol volatile, uncertain and so forth. And... Um, and things change more quickly. We have new organisations starting up and exploding very, very quickly. And to be able to survive, to thrive and to survive, you need to be able to change quickly. And um, 
many organisations like the World Economic Forum have said creativity is like one of the top three. You need to be able to think differently, think differently in the way you've thought before, just so that, you know, you can adjust, constantly adjust, constantly anticipate and sounds like cliche think ahead of the curve how you know how could we exist how could things be different in the future so um yeah I think that's why I mean at the same time change management creativity innovation professionals their jobs are appearing everywhere as well so that's a sign of the times so so what does that mean for the leadership that in the organizations that you're dealing with or what is what is happening for the the best practice leadership and and uh what 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 are the behaviors they're exhibiting yeah that, that's good. It's, and in some ways, it's, you've, you've, got to be more con- you've got to be very conscious of what are the conditions that make it easy for people to think differently. And sometimes in organisations, you know, and I'm sure you've chatted to your host, your, 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 your previous interviewees about um, culture. And you can, you know, and while you can say in one breath, creativity is really, really important, but if you have a really risk-averse culture or a culture where making mistakes or failing is not well-regarded, Mm. That's completely counted to your intention of encouraging difference of opinions because um, people will follow whatever is the prevailing culture. It's very strong and it's often very invisible to those from the outside. Right. So, so you need to think, you also need time. So you need time. You need to, you need to talk about failure so it's less of a um, taboo. Um, and I've been in quite a few organisations where it is a taboo and so people would always take the lowest, the safest path forward Mm. simply because that would be protecting their own position and completely understandable. Mm. So it's creating the conditions. Um, as a leader, you yourself have to exhibit creative behaviours. And this is just simply using your team meetings, whether they're online or face-to-face, to do retrospectives or reflections. What have we done and what have we learned? Showing a curiosity about, about new things that are appearing in the market. And just, just and listening and listening and, and, and allowing enough time and because creativity takes time. I mean, if we, when you've got to be super efficient, you just do things the way you've always done things because that's the way you can get things done. But if you want to do things differently, you've got to allow more time to experiment and to test. And um, sometimes there isn't that time. That's very interesting. The, the, you're the first person to say to us that um, the, having the creative piece in there is not just about hiring creative types or people who have creative qualifications even. It's actually being creative yourself as a leader. That's, uh, that's very interesting, isn't it? So you Oh, have- absolutely. They'll be observing you. If you as the leader always take the safest option, if you don't challenge and question and think, then they're not going to do it. They're going to be following. They'll be taking all their cues from you. You are their most immediate role model. Mm, how interesting. And what, how does the creative piece um, blend in with the, um, with the communications piece? So uh, another thing we've been hearing about is the importance of communication styles and how you communicate. So a lot of people, particularly in heavily um, STEM-type areas, they, uh, they aren't necessarily taught a lot about communication or necessarily good at communication skills. So how do you think the creativity and the communication or just communication on its own is, in, is changing or the importance for it? Those are, those are two big topics. So yeah. certainly if you want creativity, you need to be talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it needs, so it needs to be communicated. You know, this is, yeah. this is an expectation that we, we, we want people so to be more creative and you need to communicate that through whatever is the, the right channels and um yeah I'm sorry 
There's such a lot to that question. I'm sort yeah. of so, I'm, so, so let's focus in. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair point. So let's focus in on the communications piece. Yeah. So what, so what what do you think are the communication skills that people need to operate in the environment you described as previously? There's so much that needs to be communicated. So if we're looking at creativity, yeah. you need skills in in being able to communicate what what's the understanding of the problem, mm. for example, and um, spend time exploring some situation from a multiple perspectives before you sort of move to sort of thinking how could we address this either traditionally or in a creative sense mm. and it could be is a community you know what's the most for, for things that are complex and strategic face-to-face is really important and that's something that's less now and so then leaders have to think how can I communicate this and spend time so everyone has a chance to contribute through an online forum. And that actually, it's hard and it takes more time. I, I think yeah. it's much harder to do. Yeah, collaborating through an online platform or something yes. like that. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah. I think it's much harder. Yeah. Uh, interesting. All right. Um, yeah, it is a difficult question, the communications piece, but it comes up quite a lot. And um, especially uh, with uh, a lot of groups of people are not necessarily that good at it. And a lot of it doesn't seem to be taught that well. Um, it's more about technical. What about... Um, young people now coming into the workforce. Uh, can we talk about them for a, a oh, bit? please, yeah. Yeah, yeah because sure. it's uh, it's quite a rapidly changing environment. But as you said earlier, you know, these a lot of these people, they've never known the world without computers. They've never known it without the internet. So what, what, what advice do you have for them about their career and how they uh, get it started and develop their career? Uh, oh, a favourite topic. Well, I guess the one thing I'd say to them is to to constantly learn and to recognise that the gap between where they are and what they want to achieve, it's just a gap of knowledge. And they have grown up in the internet world, which they take for granted. I mean, when I was in school, I just went to the world book, the world book, the Encyclopedia Britannica, which I thought was wonderful. And now we've got the Google. And so they, I know they can go and do courses and so forth, but there's so much good knowledge and information available everywhere. So they just need to keep their eyes out. What is it they want to do? What is the knowledge that they need? And they can find it very, very easily. And um, for them, it's perhaps invisible because it is so easy for them. So yeah. um, it's much, much easier. In terms of their career, it's interesting. Just yesterday, and I'm very influenced, this is recency bias, I saw this, <laughs> great, this great Twitter, Twitter thread about entering organisations through the side door. And I thought yeah. it was fabulous. It was all about how hard and how frustrating it is to apply for advertised jobs and to go through the process. And this whole Twitter feed had some wonderful ideas on ways you can think creatively and differently and respond to the needs of the organisation and use platforms like LinkedIn to find the right people and to make a unique pitch to them. Mm. So that wasn't available when I was looking for jobs. You couldn't find out who the people were in the organisations, who the product manager or the digital marketing manager was, whoever it was. And, and you can go and you can find out information about them and their passions. So that can help you in terms of your self-selecting, not only the organisation and the role, but the person and the thing that they value. Right. Um, so, yeah, so the, yeah, there's a global world of opportunity. They, they really, they, you know, I know that we had a bit of a side conversation before this um, presentation started about AI and how it's taking away some jobs, but it's given so many more jobs and so many more opportunities. Yes. And don't be afraid of what you don't know. I, I remember spending years just sort of not wanting to talk to reveal how little I knew. And, of course, now that I'm a bit older, I'm more confident to say I have no idea what that is. And right. um, I think I'd say to young people, be confident in saying I don't know what that is. 
Right. And everyone in the room was saying, thank goodness someone has said that because I didn't know what it was and I didn't have the courage to say that. It's but almost impossible, gap. isn't it? Now it's impossible to know everything, isn't it? So, But it's easy, it's easy to find it. So it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's right, impossible. Right. Things are changing. But just get on Google and 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 you'll you'll find it. Okay, and and, and you know and write it down. <laughs> keep it keep the learning journal. Yeah. So the learning style and the access to information is totally different, isn't it? Absolutely. So Absolutely. learning. So your two points there about learning and also uh, trying to find a way using the social media to to get ahead when you go in for the interviews. Now, what about once? But also get- sidestepping, not necessarily making it your own creative approach. You yeah, know, reach okay. reach out. You know, and I guess and perhaps that's a little bit of knowing who you need to contact in organisations. And maybe if you're young and you crew, you don't know, but ask someone. Yeah, People okay. are very flattered when you ask them, say, hey, I'd like this sort of job in this sort of organisation. What sort of role should I be looking for on LinkedIn yeah, sure. to find the people who I want to pitch to? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's very good advice, isn't it? Because so- someone will know, won't they? And uh, Yeah, exactly. Usually it's one or two degrees of separation on LinkedIn Absolutely. or some other thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. Thanks, Tracy. Well, Tracy, I might just pull this together and uh, I want to do it in a slightly corny way, but um, <laughs> but uh, there are six C's that I want to uh, focus on from what you've talked about. The first C is curiosity. Yeah. Uh, be curious about things. Uh, there's lots a big wide world out there and there's lots of things to discover. Second C is consideration. I mean, consideration in the sense of rethinking things, giving some consideration to ideas like the nature of work. What is it all about and what uh, what is going on at the moment with, uh, you know, the resignation or the restart or re- but rethink. I mean, consider what is going on and wh- how you can leverage what's going on. The third C is creativity. The world is changing very quickly and we need to think quickly. We need to be able to come up with new ideas, think differently, stay ahead of the curve, as you said. And there's a whole bunch of roles that are probably going to be created or are being created right now around um, how we think. So in a sense, you know, technology and social change is driving us to be better thinkers and more creative thinkers The fourth C has got to do with culture and actually creating a culture where creativity is valuable and valued and, you know, not to be risk averse, not to be scared of failure, but to see that this is all part of a learning organisation and a culture that supports it. And leadership is part of that cultural discussion. Creative behaviours, leaders need to be creative, not just tell other people to be creative but they need to be able to um, give time to create the, to, to create that sort of creative culture. The f- fifth C is communication. So use communication wisely. Use it to foster collaboration. Use it to foster creativity within the organisation, sharing knowledge around. And the f- sixth C is career. And I like what you said about, about constant learning and about the gap of knowledge, the The only difference between where you are and where you need to be is a gap of knowledge. And so a commitment to to getting that and to pick it all up together is to say that there are lots of opportunities. There are, absolutely. There is a world of opportunities. 
So uh, thanks very much. Great rap. Excellent rap. Well done, Steve. Thank you, Craig. That's all right, Tracy. One thing I love, love about you, interviewing you, Tracy, is you're, um, as soon as I get onto a topic that you're really passionate about, your eyes sort of uh, <laughs> you're light up and you're very uh, fantastic. So I really enjoyed it. And thank you very much for giving up your time for our podcast. So. My pleasure. Lovely to chat with you both. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Humanize Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcast. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews for future guests.